There's a saying that history repeats itself. And if history repeats itself for the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2023, this season could be viewed as a failure. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to an episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, July 17th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, we will discuss some self-reported minor violations that occurred at Ohio State and why you must follow the rules. But first, we recently discussed how history repeats itself in a certain category. It could mean something big could happen for the Buckeyes in 2023. And then with the thought of history repeating itself, I thought about the 2015 Ohio State football season. Think about the hype going into it, the natty that was won the year prior, Cardo Jones coming in against Michigan at the end of the game, and then Wisconsin, Bama, Oregon, you win a ring, three trophy games that were won on the arm of Cardo Jones. We remember the phenomenal end of the season in 2014. And also many of us remember what could have happened in 2015. There were some odd coaching decisions surrounding the quarterbacks Cardell Jones and JT Barrett. And I believe that decision alone or those decisions went into why Ohio State did not go back-to-back in 2014 and 2015 winning the national championship. There were some other coaching decisions that went along, that went into that season not being what it should have been. However, in the minds of the quarterback, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Cardell Jones, excuse me, whoa, whoa, not going back in time. Cal McCord or Devin Brown. We don't know who is going to be QB1. But one thing I know is, Ohio State cannot do what happened in 2015. Start Cardell this game. Oh, JT comes in here. Oh, JT starts and then Cardell comes back in. You can't have this hopscotch or back and forth type of thing with your starting quarterback. Because if you do, it could be a disaster and the season could be viewed as a failure. I went back and looked at some of the numbers in 2015. I also went back and looked at the um, the the actual schedule, the results of the games. Um, the book I, the one game that I went to that season was still kind of irks me. You beat the Indiana Hoosiers 34 to 27 and the Hoosiers had a backup quarterback quarterback decisions in that game. It at prior to that season went into why that game was so close. Now, Indiana played out of their mind, never played a game like that against Ohio state. However, you gotta just pick one and ride with them. If Cardo Jones is a guy, cool, do it. But I think it was clear. JT Barrett was a guy for Ohio State to be the QB1 in that season. Back and forth, back and forth. It was a mess. But also, I even went back and looked at the players' numbers and stats. And how many games did Cardo Jones play in? Or how many games did JT Barrett play in? It's kind of weird, man. The numbers and their passing numbers kind of go into the inconsistencies that we saw with the decision-making that the coaches have in regards to who should have been QB1. 
Ricardo Jones played in 10 games in 2015. JT Barrett played in 11. Cardo Jones had a 62.3 completion percentage. JT Parrott, 63.3. Cardo Jones threw for over 1,400 passing yards. JT Barrett was a few yards away from eclipsing the 1,000-yard passing mark in the season. Eight touchdowns passing for Jones, 11 for Barrett, five INTs for Jones, four INTs for Barrett. Now, even if you put those numbers together, 1459 and 992. You're not looking at a guy that's collectively or two quarterbacks collectively throwing for over 4,000 passing yards, even over um, 3,000 passing yards. You're not getting that. Not So you're not getting even an average or an okay or maybe a slightly above average quarterback duo there. What are you getting? The decisions the coaches made went into the inconsistent play at times from the quarterbacks. They can't get into a rhythm. If you know going into a week you're the backup, you might prepare like a backup. And then all of a sudden when you're thrust into the play, you might you realize, I am not prepared for what's going to happen. No, I am not saying that's, that's what happened, but I know how I am as a human, and I know how humans are. If you tell me going into a week on Monday, hey, you're not starting. Man, look, my mindset's going to be different than it is if I'm going to be the starting quarterback against Indiana or Minnesota or Penn State or Rutgers or Michigan State or Michigan, no matter who it is. If you tell me I'm starting, I have one mindset. Tell me I'm on the backup, my mindset might change. And for Ohio State this year, I hope, I hope, Ryan Day, Corey Dennis, Brian Hartline, that trio of coaches, I hope they have this thing ironed out and figured out prior to the start of the season. Because you don't want me to come on this show and discuss with you why the coaching decisions that are being made, I don't know if it's going to be Dennis or Hartline or Day or I don't know, maybe Justin Fry and Tony Offord are in the decision-making about this as well. I don't know. But I do know this. Y'all better pick a quarterback, and y'all better make sure that you work with that quarterback, you ride that quarterback all season. Unless he plays so bad that he can't be the starting quarterback, don't ride with him. Make sure you ride with the guy. There might be ups, there might be downs. If you're winning, great. If he's progressing, great. If things aren't going so well, maybe you need to play a couple guys against a young, a, a lesser opponent to kind of test him and see, hey, you're not playing so hot. Let's pull you a little bit. But know which buttons to push, what strings to pull to make sure you get the right decision for the guy who was playing quarterback on that day a year ago. I don't like doing this, but Jim Harbaugh made a decision a year ago to play two quarterbacks in two different games. Cade McNamara is going to start one game. J.J. McCarthy is going to start another game. But what did you find? All of a sudden, in those two games, ultimately, McCarthy was the quarterback. And we see the season Michigan had. Harbaugh took a different approach to deciding who the starting quarterback was going to be. And ultimately, it worked for the Wolverines. Now, I don't, I'm not the biggest Harbaugh fan. He might even run out his time in, in Ann Arbor because of the way that he is. And he's just an abnormal human being. That's just who he is. However, that coaching decision was abnormal. It's not one that I would suggest, but it worked for that team. Figure out what works for Ohio State in the preseason. If you want to play one guy one week and have another guy start the next week, great. Do whatever you got to do. But make sure, make sure. You dot them I's, you cross them T's, so that when it comes down to decision time and game time, 
you know who QB1 is, and you know you have the highest trust in who that guy is going to be. We could see what happened in 2021 where Stroud starts a few games. Oh, all of a sudden, Stroud's hurt. McCord comes in. Stroud comes back the following week, and we saw what happened during the 2021 campaign. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. I hope nobody else gets injured. Devin Brown suffered an injury earlier this year. I hope nobody else gets hurt. But don't repeat 2015, where you don't decide who the starting quarterback is going to be, where you're back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the numbers aren't really telling about how good of a quarterback JT Barrett is. He's a phenomenal quarterback, really good quarterback in college. He was a perfect quarterback for Urban Meyer's system in Columbus. I will perfectly say that. I will also say they didn't give JT Barrett the time needed to get acclimated to being QB1 once again. Now, I understand, injury at the end of the prior season, that's true. But he started multiple games in that season. So realize, you got to make a decision. Don't repeat this particular coaching decision that we saw in 2015. Because if it happens, it'll hurt some people. And the season might be a failure because there's so much talent on Ohio State. Some are saying national championship. Some are saying ultimately, big picture, you're going to win the natty. Excuse me, you want to win the conference. Um, you're going to beat Michigan. You're going to accomplish two of your three goals by the end of the first week of December, which is possible. But these bad coaching decisions might derail the Buckeyes once again from accomplishing any of the goals they have set for the team in 2023. There were some self-reported minor violations that Ohio State reported to the NC2A. They were of the level three variety. What did they report about themselves? We'll discuss it next here. All Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under, to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, and you'll love this next part. It's super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen every single day. Now is the perfect time to go on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, the RC app, or even on YouTube or wherever you get your fine podcast and subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes so you don't miss a beat if you're an apple or spotify listener leave a five-star review and a rating it's a great way to help more people come across locked on buckeyes on those apps if you watch the show on youtube subscribe to locked on buckeyes smash yes smash that like button on this video and hit that bell so you're notified every time a new video goes alive locked on buckeyes is a part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Anytime I hear about Ohio State self-reporting violations, I cringe a little bit. There have been times where there have been 
numerous violations that have been self-reported by the Ohio State Buckeyes. There have also been times like today where there's only two violations that we are going to speak of because that's all that was reported. Now, some of these violations to you might be silly like there were to me when I heard about them. Also, some of them might be silly because of, well, an adult involved, you would think they know the rule. Also, you may say, well, should the youngster or should the people involved that are players know the rule? Yes, maybe, no, baby, but every situation is different. I will just say this up front before going into some of these self-reported violations. One of them you should know this time of year, this cannot happen. Clearly, this cannot happen. The other one, you should know the rules about recruiting and realize, hey, we just can't do this here. We can do it somewhere else. We just can't do this here. So I'll say all that. Let's get right into the self-reported violations that Ohio State had recently reported to the NC2A. The one of them, the first one we'll speak of, is the use of a blocking sled on February 13th. Now, you may be like me and say, Jay, the use of a blocking sled, is that wrong? No, just a time of year that it was utilized. The other one was a former player contacting a recruit on a visit in September. Now, is that wrong? I don't really care, just to be honest with you. I don't care if, I, if I'm if i a recruit and I get contacted by, let's say I'm a quarterback. 2026 recruit, as Ohio State already has a commit from Tavia St. Clair, quarterback in 2025. Let's say I'm a 2026 recruit. All of a sudden, I'm on an unofficial visit. And all of a sudden, I get hit up by as a quarterback. JT Bear hits me up. I'd be hyped. I'd be excited. I would love that. Hey watched you play or I watched you on YouTube because I'm a little bit younger, but hey, I heard about you. I heard about what you did in the shoe. I heard about that game against Penn State. I heard about the things you did. You are a great quarterback. I am so glad to meet you. Hey, great. Cardell Jones, great. Perfect. Braxton Miller, great. Troy, you get the gist. If I am a 2026 quarterback recruit that Ohio State's going after, I'm on in Columbus for an unofficial visit. I would love to meet one of those guys. And so, on the surface, it says, uh, okay, now, the issue with the recruit was it was a legal contact between, like I mentioned, a former player and a recruit. It, occur- it occurred when the Buckeyes hosted Wisconsin on September 24th, 2022. A staff member escorted the recruit to meet a former player at their tailgate in a parking lot across the street from campus. Because the interaction occurred off campus, it is considered impermissible. A, there are rules. The NCAA has rules that are set, and it was one that was broken. Now, in regards to the blocking sled incident, it occurred on February 13th when players pushed a sled that had been altered to include more weights. According to NCAA rules, teams are prohibited from using sports-specific equipment during this portion of the calendar, which led to the violation all of that is coming from 11warriors.com, and the Columbus Dispatch was the paper that obtained the documents regarding the Level 3 minor infraction that Ohio State self-reported. And many times these Level 3 infractions, violations, they come with either a super minor, minor um, punishment or no punishment at all. So I understand. The blocking sled. There are certain times you can use that stuff. Certain times you cannot. 
The NCAA wants to protect players. And hey, if you could do practice all year round, I guarantee Ryan Day and Nick Saban and some of these some of these other coaches would definitely hit the sled. Would definitely do on field drills all year round if it was allowed by the NCAA. Also, side note, it still irks me a little bit, maybe probably too much more than it should, that the NCAA does not govern college football, but they still are able to punish teams that they don't run the sport that those teams play. I don't get it. I'll never get it. Even with the t- Tennessee thing. That there's nobody governing Tennessee volunteer football like on the on-field stuff than the SEC. You will never see NCAA branding or marketing stuff on a football field, on a, in, in a FBS-level field. Now, FCS on down, D2, D3, you're going to see it the NCAA runs those sports. You don't for the others. Which is why it's weird, man, that Ohio State and other schools, even that violate some minor rules, get the self-report stuff to the NCAA, even though they don't govern the sport for the team that violated those infractions. It's weird. It's weird. I've been saying it since I got on the show. I'm going I'm to keep saying it until it happens. College football needs a governing body. I don't know who the commissioner should be. I don't know how you get there. Well, I do know some ways to get there. But I'll keep saying it. The sport needs a governing body. And if that's something that we're going to um, be able to see soon, I'd be happy. I just don't know if it is. Now, in regards to the coach that took the player to the former player's tailgate, that coach got talked to and basically was taught and had some uh, – Learn a learning time. This is this is okay. This is not okay. Now nah, I'm cool with that learning. Maybe it was the first time with the, in this type of environment. I'm I'm cool with that. But also, man, you gotta realize you should know prior to things happening, especially when you're dealing with an a, a recruit on a visit. This is what can happen. This is what can't happen. For the things that can happen, here's where those things can happen. Here's where some things can't happen. That stuff with the way the NC2A is and other things that go on with the sport, you know, you know, you better know everything up front. Because if not, in regards to the thing with the sled situation, that was something that was brought to Ohio State because another school's compliance compartment hit up Ohio State about the thing Ohio State did that they should not have done. Somebody's going to see it. Maybe somebody you don't think will see it will see it, but somebody's probably going to find out some things that you did wrong. Now, they also found out that thing that Ohio State violated with the sled because it was put on social media, which is why I'm happy that Ohio State is generally very picky about the things that hit social media because if you're not, things might not go the way you think they should. Minor violations at Ohio State that happen every single year, and I am glad of all the violations that could happen. A blocking sled, taking a recruit to meet a former player in a spot where they shouldn't, hey, that's not the end of the world. There might not be a punishment for it. And in the grand scheme of things, is it as horrible as the thing we're going to talk about next in the show what is it well you see it on the graphic on the youtube why you must follow the rules <laughs> i can't wait to tackle this next topic here 
on Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen every single day. And I have been waiting for a long period of time to come on a show. And this is the first one where I get to kind of get some stuff off my chest in regards to what's going on at Tennessee. Now, I was, I've was i always been advised when it comes to topics and things that happen at other universities, make sure there's a way to tie it into what's going on at Ohio State or tie it into the university. Maybe something that's not going on currently, but it could happen in the future. So hear me out. You hear Tennessee Volunteers. You, see, you hear SEC. You hear Rocky Top when you hear Tennessee. Whatever it is, hear me out. This is all going to tie into Ohio State and why they must follow the rules. When it comes to... Tennessee. I joked about it on the Jay Stevens podcast a couple years ago. Dan Patrick, I was watching the show, and he ended up talking about how Tennessee was handing recruits money in McDonald's bags on recruiting visits. It was funny. It was a joke. Like we we all know for decades that different schools out there have been giving recruits some money. Tennessee even gave Georgia tight end Darnell Washington money on a recruiting visit and didn't get the commitment. Homie didn't sign to them, didn't sign on the dotted line, the National Letter of Intent. He gave that to Georgia, said, hey, I'll take your money, and I'll go to Georgia. Funny thing is, I heard about Georgia giving Fred Taylor some money, former, former running back, great NFL running back, giving Fred Taylor some money on a visit, and Fred Taylor committed to Florida. So it's like, this has been going on for decades, a long period of time. But the bag thing, Donald's bag full of money, like, it was funny. It was a joke. It was something that allowed me to have some fun on the J.C. Stevens podcast. But also, when you look at it, Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee, they know it's illegal. Tennessee, and I do believe the number was over 200. There were over 200 violations that Tennessee broke under Jeremy Pruitt, the former head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. That includes 18 level one violations, which are the most severe. The infractions mostly involved recruiting infractions and direct payments to athletes and their families that totaled approximately $60,000. This article that I'm reading is coming from 11warriors.com as well. And it even describes Darnell Washington, a tight end that took some money and committed to Georgia over Tennessee. Now, in, those, in these infractions, you may say there's a bull ban. Well, no, there was an attorney that was going to um, go after the NCAA and he threatened legal action if it banned the current team from participating in bowl in, the, in a bowl game. So instead of that, the NC2A ended up uh, handing down some pretty hefty fines. Um, the volunteers are paying at minimum $8 million. There's more that goes into those fines. Um, they could end up being paid upwards to $9 million. They could be paying upwards to $9 million in fines due to the infractions that happened during that time period. That $8 million is the equivalent to the financial impact the school would have faced if it missed the postseasons during the 2023 and 2024 seasons. There's also a loss of scholarship. There's a loss of wins, vacated wins during the 2019 and 2020 seasons. NCAA found that 16 players were ineligible due to impermissible benefits from the program. There's so much to dive into loss of unofficial visits and so many other details, loss of official visits. Jeremy Pruitt's no longer the head coach of the school, but he is still getting punished as well. How does this tie into Ohio state? If you don't follow the rules, 
and you go to these links, these measures, these extreme measures to try to get an upper hand to win in the Southeastern Conference or the Big Ten or any school in the country, this could happen to you as well. And I understand there are people out there that are saying, Jay, the SEC, they have a saying, it just means more. And it shows on the CBS. It shows on a Saturday afternoon in Athens, Georgia. It shows that Jordan Hare. It shows that Rocky Top, that to them it just means more. But what's going on behind the scenes? Do you know if there's money being handed under the table? Do you know if there are illegal NIL deals or under the table NIL deals that um, are being discussed and agreed upon with recruits? And do you do we know about how extreme people are going and recruiting right now to get the services of whoever a recruit is? Don't matter if it's the number one recruit or the or the. 50th best recruit in a given recruiting class. We don't know. All we know is this. If you break the rules, if you want Ohio State to maybe do some illegal recruiting, be careful. Why? Because you might not like the result. Out of here on a Monday. Glad to be back. Man, it's got some good stuff coming your way on Locked on Buckeyes. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes on Apple, on Spotify the Odyssey app in the YouTube so you don't miss a beat. Locked on Buckeyes is a part of Locked on Podcast Network. I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. For a second listener watch, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. It provides you everything you need to know going on in and around the world of sports in 20 minutes or less. Locked on Buckeyes is a part and Locked on on Sports Today podcast. They're both a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. This has been Locked On Buckeyes here on a Monday. I'll see you next time.